Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. We are less than 30 days from the midterm elections. And Donald Trump held two deranged rallies over the weekend before tiny crowds, one in Minden, Nevada, the other in Mesa, Arizona. Some weird and dangerous stuff going on there. And hopefully reminding the voters the stakes this midterms. Did you see that photo also of the MAGA Republican candidate for governor of Arizona, Kerry Lake, vacuuming that tiny red rug for Trump before he spoke? Under his eye, Trump's lawyer, Christina Bob, who said she isn't his lawyer or is his lawyer, depends on which day in connection with the Mar-a-Lago search issues. Well, she was the one who signed the false declaration stating that all documents were returned to the Department of Justice on June 3rd. Well, she's cooperating with the Department of Justice and met with investigators on Friday to talk about why she signed that false declaration and to and who told her to. Also, the MAGA GOP and radical right-wing ecosystem are big Kanye West fans because he sent anti-Semitic and hateful social media posts out. And the actual GOP Judiciary Committee sent out a tweet in support of Kanye's anti-Semitism. Also, GOP legislators are refusing to do business with private equity funds that support socially conscious investing or ESG, environmental social governance. That's capitalism right there for you with the uh, Republicans. Um, a new poll from YouGov America shows President Biden's approval ratings at 47% amongst Ooh. registered voters. And protests erupt at the University of Florida as they announced that Republican Senator Ben Sass from Nebraska, who has taken strong anti-LGBTQ positions, is their only candidate to become the next president of the university following a secret selection process for a public university. This and more on the Midas Touch podcast. I'm Ben Micellis, Brett and Jordy. How are you doing on this Monday, Brett? I am always in just utter disbelief. I think every time you break down the topics that we are about to discuss, and every time we're like doing the outline for the podcast, it just seems like it just seems fake. The news just seems fake that's coming in because it's all just more disgusting than the next. You know, I got to have a little kind of mini break over the weekend. It was my wife's birthday. I got to escape to San hey. Diego for the weekend. I got to be a little off the grid momentarily, but oh boy, was I knocked back to reality once I decided to check my Twitter. 
feed and see what was going on with Kanye West and these Trump uh, rallies over the weekend. And it's all just more disgusting than the next. You know, it's just really hard to tolerate. And it's really hard. It's so disgusting to me that we can't just look at something that's objective reality and mm -hmm. condemn it and say, listen, that is wrong. And I think that's one of my biggest problems I have with politics right now. And it's unfair for me to call it politics. It's the biggest problem I have with the rot in our politics, which is this MAGA Republican Party. Jordy. Oh, man. Brett, I don't know how you came back from your 48 hour, if you could call it that vacation, and then absorbed all the news at once. I mean, I was exhausted just getting the news, you know, hour by hour, what was happening this weekend. It was exhausting. And I got to say, though, no, to just be, be here with, with you is great. I, mean, I don't know how you did it. Yeah. And I, I got to say that there was one really cool thing that we came back to. And I'm really excited to share this with the Midas Mighty. As everybody here yes. knows who, who may be following us, uh, we were invited to the White House a few weeks ago to go and cover the event for the Inflation Reduction Act. Such an honor to be invited to an event at the White House to be able to sit in a briefing with President Biden himself. And one of the cool things about coming back was I opened up my mailbox and I had an envelope from the White House, which was pretty incredible to see. And I opened it up and I want to share this with the Midas Mighty because I think it shows how important this movement of the Midas Mighty truly is and how far reaching it is. We got this letter from President Biden himself and you can see it right here. I'll read it for the audio listeners. It says, Mr. Brett Micellis, dear Mr. Micellis, thank you for joining me at the White House to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act. I am grateful for all the ways you are using your platform to educate and inspire your audience here in America and around the world. Never stop asking hard questions. Your voice is powerful. Sincerely, Joe Biden. I mean, what an honor, guys. I mean, who would have thought, you know, a couple of years ago that we'd be getting letters like that from the president? And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take that to heart. We will never stop asking the hard questions here at Midas Touch, the Midas Media Network, and we will never stop calling out fascism for what it is. As we That's are recording this live, I want to take our viewers and listeners to Ohio, where there is currently, as of the time of this recording, a Senate debate taking place between pro-democracy Democrat Tim Ryan and MAGA extremist J.D. Vance. And I want to show this first clip from the debate that just happened where Tim Ryan slammed J.D. Vance for being part of an extremist movement. Play the clip. Kill and confront the extremist movement of which J.D. Vance, unfortunately, is a part of, right? Who says that the president of the United States is intentionally trying to kill people with fentanyl? Who says that the election was stolen? J.D. Vance does. Who runs around with Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who wants to ban books? You're running around with Lindsey Graham, who wants a national abortion ban. You're running around with Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's the absolute looniest politician in America. This is a dangerous group, and we do need to confront it. And that's why I'm running to represent the exhausted majority, Democrats, Republicans, and independents Candidates against the extremists. We are going to want to talk about that framing of exhausted majority. But before doing that as well, I do also want to pull up another clip of Tim Ryan also blasting J.D. Vance for J.D. Vance's claim to be pro-police. But at the same time, J.D. Vance is supporting a defense fund for insurrectionists who they call political prisoners who tried to kill police on January 6th. Play the clip. Please get injured. 
during the insurrection when they tried to overthrow the government. Beat them upside the head with lead pipes, spray them with pepper spray. The one video we saw, the cop got jammed into the, the door, right? J.D. Vance raised money for the legal defense fund of the insurrectionists. This is the kind of extremism, J.D., that we wholly reject. You have video posts. Don't even try to deny it. We got, we, got your, we got your Twitter posts and everything else. Everybody's seen it. He said, help these guys with their legal defense fund. Now, you, can you imagine one guy saying out of one side of his mouth he's pro-cop, and out of the other side of his mouth he's raising money for the insurrectionists who are beating up the Capitol Police? The one guy he tried to raise money for got four years in prison. You know, and Tim Ryan saying there to J.D. Vance, don't even try to deny it. We have video of it because because what these MAGA Republicans are doing, though, is they take the debate stage and they pretend that they're not for total Mm -hmm. abortion which is what their positions are. They say, I would never support that. That's not what I actually believe in. You know, then when it comes to issues also like their view of overturning the Obergefell decision rather than answering those questions directly, just basically saying, oh, this it's precedent. The Supreme Court's never going to disturb it, so I'm not even going to answer questions like that. It's that type of gaslighting we've seen on these MAGA Republican debates. But Brett, what do you think about the framing there of the exhausted majority, as Tim Ryan likes to call it. I think it's actually absolutely brilliant messaging. And it really goes to a lot of what we've been saying here on the Midas Touch podcast, that when you see these rallies and the reason why we're always quick to also show these Trump rallies as being tiny and making sure that you're aware that these venues usually don't hold any more than 2,500 people, because while they may be loud, they may be obnoxious, they may be the ones bothering us all on Twitter all day and with their fake social media platforms, they are the minority by far in this country. And the true majority of Americans are the Americans who are just sick and tired of all this bullshit. I think there's a faction of Americans that transcends party lines. And that's why Tim Ryan made it a point to say Democrats, independents, and Republicans, uh, people who just want to live their lives without the chaos. And all we're getting from these Republicans is more and more and more and more chaos. I mean, think about where the chaos originates from on nearly any topic. All the things that we read to you in the beginning when I said, Ben, those topics are nuts. Like these are crazy (laughs) things that we're speaking about on the show. It's all because of this Republican extremism. And I'm frankly disgusted at this point watching, and this has always been a thing from the beginning of time with these primaries from a primary to a general election where and a where a person running for office on the Republican side will go to their most extreme to get their base for the primary, and then they try to pivot to the middle during the general election. But it's never been more obvious than right now because that base, that MAGA base, is a fascist, autocratic, authoritarian base. And so trying to distance yourself from those positions, trying to distance yourself from wanting a total abortion ban, trying to distance yourself from supporting the people who attacked police officers on January 6th and actually directly raising money for them. We are seeing this happen now with these MAGA candidates across the country. And frankly, it's like you need someone to call it out. You can't run and hide from these positions. It was a couple of weeks ago you were saying this stuff. Come on. Brett, Marty, drop, the mic, drop the mic after that response, Brett. That was fire, man. Hey, what I just want to say is Tim Ryan, there you go. Tim Ryan, man. I mean, that's the candidate for Ohioans. 
Absolutely. I lived in Ohio. If you're listening and you watch this podcast, you know, I lived in Ohio for like four years and change. And they have some of the best people in this country that live in Ohio. That's the best makeup of folks. And Tim Ryan is just the most sane, normal person that is going to, honestly, he's going to be a great senator one day if everyone gets their butts off in that state and goes out and vote because the other guy, I mean, it's not even a competition between the two. Speaking of the exhausted majority, Brett, you made the point about why we showcase some of these fascist traveling circus Trump rally events to let people know the stakes of these midterms, that this is ultimately when you're talking about J.D. Vance, who you showed up there, who put the suit and tie on and was trying to sound like a rational actor, he ultimately supports a cult leader who holds these fascist rallies and believes in all of the things that we are about to show you and is supportive of the overthrow of our democracy. You can't get more extreme than that. So let's bring everybody to Minden, Nevada, where the first uh, rally took place on a Saturday. Brett's been, for those audio listeners, Brett's pulled up just some photos of these small crowd sizes, both in Mesa, where there was uh, these plastic uh, fold-up chairs. You know, you're talking about maybe a thousand people, maybe slightly more. In Minden, we're talking about a city that only has less than 4,000, 4,500 people who live in Minden in Douglas County, the entire county in Northwest Nevada. We're talking about 45,000 people there. So it's a small county, a tiny, tiny crowd. And before the events begin, they have the radical right extremist networks who speak with the individuals who attend these rallies. So you can get a taste. This is, again, the exhausted majority needs to look at everything we're about to show you and say, wow, we cannot let this group of people get into power. So here's just one of the random sample of people who's interviewed before these fascist rallies. And it's a individual who says, I love Vladimir Putin, who's trying to get rid of the U.S. bio labs in Ukraine. Play the clip. But the Russia and the Ukraine conflict, what's your... Uh, my opinion, you know, I grew up in 40 years, you know, under the Russian thing. And I love Putin. I love Putin. Putin is making the right, you know, what the, the American people is built over there. He wants to clean them out, you know. Uh, clean them out, all the, the, the biochemical place, everything, and the nuclear thing. We don't need to. It, it would be an SNL skit if these people weren't so dangerous. Can I be honest? The, fir the first time I heard that clip, I thought she said that she loved poutine, which is a delicious dish in Canada uh, that I that I really love. And then I realized she was saying uh, my, 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 my poutine lovers know what I'm talking about over here. But then I realized she was just straight up regurgitating Russian propaganda. But I think it's important that before we go into the next clip of uh, these you know, nuts. Uh, I mean, come on. Um, that people realize like this is 
what is going around right now on right wing social media, like and, and by mainstream people who people listen to at large. And it happens from Tucker Carlson, who's probably the main purveyor of it. But then it filters down to all these people, to Charlie Kirk, to Candace Owens, who we'll speak mm-hmm. about more in the show, and to all these quote unquote right wing influencers, which is a term that I detest. Um, but they're all spreading this these lies about America. And I've had people who I know who've been entrenched in the MAGAverse who have messaged me and said, oh, come on, you you know that this whole Ukraine thing is just a money, money laundering operation for the Bidens and the Obamas. I'm like, no, I do not know that. You just state that like, fa- like, like you're being fed lies, like you're being fed lies. And this woman right here at this crowd is somebody who's been indoctrinated into the cult, who's being fed propaganda day in, day out, being told that there are U.S. bio, they always pick words that sound scary, right? Bio labs that are produced, I think it's somehow tied to COVID and Anthony Fauci and, and all. I mean, it's, it's nuts. And that's why it's so important. If you, by the way, anytime you're listening to these clips and you're like, these people are nuts, what are we going to do? Check your voter registration. Check the voter yep. registration of everybody you know. Make sure because the exhausted majority that Tim Ryan speaks of, we need to show up in greater numbers than these people. Okay, Ben. Then you have the uh, one of the entertainers before the show sings a song called the Mar-a-Lago Anthem. And it's a song about how Donald Trump had the right to steal records and keep them in Mar-a-Lago and how the DOJ shouldn't have conducted a validly executed search warrant at Mar-a-Lago. They, they did a whole song here. Just play a part of this and then I'll let you end it shortly. We don't need to have people listen to the <laughs> <laughs> They needed evidence, but they got none. Some lost the love, but we know Trump won. Some lost the love, but we know Trump won. Yeah, what what the hell is that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, that is who the Republican Party is today. Brett, to your point, when you said this shouldn't be a political issue, but in 2022, the Republican Party, the MAGA Republicans who want to be in power to make decisions over your life, your family's life, your community's life, this country J.D. Vance, the person you saw on stage who just tries to be, oh, shucks, I don't believe in any of these things. You spoke at a rally like this the other day in Youngstown, in Youngstown, Ohio. You spoke at one of these ridiculous fascist rallies. You are for this. And again, exhausted majority needs to look at that. But you know, I think it's worth just saying also, Ben, though, that the original lyrics of the song are, of, co- are of course, I fought the law and the law won. And this man dressed as Uncle Sam for some reason, uh, because the most un-American people like to wrap themselves in the flag as they spread fascism. He changed the lyrics to I fought the law and Trump won. And now hopefully this is, though, foreshadowing that the law will <laughs> win here and justice will be served. Just remember, these people vote. These people vote. And then you segue from those people who vote. You go into the event. There's always the speakers who are the warm-up acts, if you will. Um, and this one, you have uh, Tommy Tuberville, the radical extremist senator, MAGA extremist senator from Alabama, who 
who defeated like the greatest senator, like Doug Jones, who was doing such an incredible, like the, brill- the most brilliant guy on the planet. It's- but um, this is what uh, Senator, the radical MAGA extremist Senator Tuberville said at the rally before Trump spoke. And we should talk about some breaking news recently that everybody in the Republican Party, the Alabama Republican Party, are all rallying behind him in support of, of the statement saying, well, we didn't hear this, but we assume he's a great guy. Play the clip. They su- some people say, well, they're soft on crime. No, they're not soft on crime. They're pro-crime. They want crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit. They are not owed that. And so what he's saying, just to repeat the sentence again, he's saying they being saying Democrats want crime because they want to take what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparations because they think the people that do the crime are owed that basically saying that anyone who wants reparations is a criminal. You don't get more directly and overtly racist than that. That's not a dog whistle. And then this is what happens. You then have the Alabama GOP chairperson, John Wall, who responds just very recently quote, I did not watch the rally, so I don't know the exact context of the remarks. However, Coach Tuberville, okay, he's not a coach anymore. You don't just get to be called coach. Coach (laughs) It's not an honorific you have for your life. Coach Coach Tuberville, Tuberville, racist Tuberville, fascist Tuberville is well known for his work with people of all backgrounds, both on bullshit. I'm not even going to read the rest of the statement, but this was the same tactic that they used for Trump. It takes you two minutes to read or to look at a statement. And then they go, I didn't even watch it. So I just know he's a great person. I didn't watch it. I didn't listen to it. You should. You should actually read it and take responsibility and spend, what else are you doing, John Wall? Like legitimately, what else as the Alabama chair of the GOP party? Yeah, it's basically your job come is on, to respond come on, come on. to He, he like watched this. it. He, wa- he watched it, but that's, that, that's just what he's hiding behind. Jordy, we know he watched it. <laughs> <laughs> the point is, the point is, is that Jordy's like, wait a second, bombshell. I'm pretty sure he watched it. <laughs> the point is the gaslighting. But again, that is what goes on at these events before Trump speaks. And then you have Trump basically takes the stage and starts spitting these ridiculous conspiracies. He's very focused though. You know, he's very nervous now on these search warrant issues. We'll talk about what he said in Mesa, Arizona in a little bit, but he was obsessed at this Nevada rally about George H.W. Bush. Obsessed. We need to investigate George H.W. Bush, the deceased former president, George H.W. Bush, because he's saying that George H.W. Bush hid classified records in a Chinese restaurant slash bowling alley. So it's a Chinese restaurant. Is that like a Taco Bell Pizza Hut? (laughs) (laughs) Just play play the clip. George H.W. Bush took millions of documents to a former bowling alley and a former Chinese restaurant where they combined them. So they're in a bowling alley slash Chinese restaurant. Dude, just brain worms. Do you remember that song, by the way? Uh, the Taco Bell Pizza Hut song? 
No. I think it was Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut McDonald. That one. No, no, no. I got no, 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 no. That wasn't it. It was I got my Pizza Hut. I got my Taco Bell. I got my combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. You never heard this? Oh, this is no. jammed. Oh, no, but never, apparently never heard of it. And and no plugging people who don't actually sponsor the Midas Touch uh, podcast, even with some. I'm just I'm just joking. <laughs> um. And so lots of focus there. I think one of the things he mentioned again, how proud he was of the January 6th crowd he talked about in the Minden, Nevada rally, um, that the January 6th crowd was the biggest crowd ever. But that was the Nevada rally. Oh, one of the things also I should mention as well, that one of the speakers before, their, one of their tactics is just to blatantly just lie about statistics. So you had one of the speakers before, Michelle Fiore, who's on the Las Vegas City Council, and she talked about unemployment currently being 10% and under Trump, it was slightly above 3.3%. Like, totally false. I think under Trump during COVID, it was actually around 15%. Now unemployment is literally the lowest it's ever been. And I checked the stats for Minden, Nevada. As of the time of the speech, unemployment was actually 2.2% under the Biden economy, but they just lie about it. They just make up just totally fake numbers and lean in on it. But let's go to the Mesa event right now. Again, it was on the sand patch. The reason they had to do it on the sand patch dirt road uh, was because Trump previously did a speech at Mesa in 2018 and never actually paid the city for all of the costs associated with it. He owes the city about $65,000. So they literally just picked a plot of sandy land and they did it here. And so before Trump speaks, this was one of the weirdest moments. Carrie Lake, who's running for the MAGA extremist position, she's running as a MAGA extremist for governor of Arizona, literally uh, vacuuming this little red throw rug, which they call the red carpet, tiny crowd, tiny red rug, tiny, you know, what else of Donald Trump, but all very, very tiny things for Don, for Donald Trump. But then you have, so here's the thing. This was the person's name, Brett, Benny Johnson, Benny, Benny Johnson. Yeah. Benny Johnson. So I don't know who Benny Johnson is. Um, but apparently he's this, leader of that turning point USA, that MAGA propagandist group that does all those. Can I give you a little back? Can I, can I give you a little bit of background on please, it before we please. go into this? Okay. So what you don't know about Benny Johnson, because why would you know anything about Benny Johnson, <laughs> um, is Benny Johnson is a MAGA influencer for a reason. Why? Why do people become MAGA influencers? Because they are usually caught doing something wrong and they can't get jobs in the mainstream. And so they ultimately become yeah, MAGA grifters true. 100% of the time. This is like, if you look at most of the people's stories in the MAGAverse, that's their story. And so Benny Johnson was actually a writer at BuzzFeed News until it came out that he had plagiarized just about every single one of his pieces. He couldn't actually write all of his stuff stolen. So he gets fired from BuzzFeed and he floats around a bunch and he ends up with Turning Points USA and becomes this just Trump sycophant, embarrassing, you know, shell of a human being who does a horrible Tucker Carlson impression on Newsmax. I mean, that's who this guy is. And that leads us to this post, which I'll let you uh, do your best to describe here, Benjamin. Yeah, I mean, so Brett, pull up the post right now. Um, the post says, this is a real photo of Carrie Lake vacuuming the red carpet before meeting Donald Trump. It's funny they call it a red carpet. It's like a little piece of a rug. It's like a section <laughs> that they give you to sample the rug. A member of Carrie <laughs> it's team. A, it's a free sample. <laughs> you're right. You're right. 
Put, put, pull it back up. A member of Carrie team told us she insisted on personally making sure the carpet was spotless out of, quote, respect for the office of the president of the United States, not the president. This is servant leadership. And the part at the end with this is servant leadership, <laughs> I genuinely thought it was someone mocking the situation. No, I like Pat Perry. Gates tail yeah. mock. And then I saw that was actually really that they they're embracing that as something that was a great thing and showing that that's what makes her qualified for being uh, the governor of Arizona. Then I just go back to that other speech she gave in Arizona for the past Trump rally, the fascist rally over the summer. Remember when she told the crowd and she said, all of the parents out there, I want you to do this when you get home. Ask your children if Donald Trump has BDE. <laughs> See if he's got big dick energy. The kids know what it means. Ask them about Donald Trump's big dick energy. And DeSantis has it also. This is, I'm exhausted. Going back to Tim Ryan, exhausted <laughs> majority, hand raised, big dick energy. That's one, he has the smallest dick energy, number one. Um, but that's what they're talking about. Not. How do we make healthcare more accessible and affordable? How do we make education more accessible and affordable? How do we make sure our vets returning home get healthcare when they're exposed to toxic burn pits? How do we build our infrastructure? What can we do for the United States of America? How do we help our workers? How do we make the living wage a wage of dignity, a wage that people deserve and make sure we support workers' rights and stop with this minimum wage stuff. Let's have a real wage that people deserve. These are issues Democrats are fighting for. And we got them talking about servant leadership and doing a vacuum for their cult leader and talking about big dicks energy. What are we talking about? <laughs> I like that you made a plural there. Um, <laughs> we, we, we had a funny comment from uh, our, our good friend, Adam Parkamenko, uh, who said, smart, if you're going to lick his boots, you want them to be clean, which I thought was a hilarious <laughs> Hilarious, That's right. hilarious so Benny Johnson is bizarre, but do you guys know who's even like more bizarre is this? And this is a kind of off topic, but this Nick Adams. Have you guys seen this Nick Dude, Adams? Dude, Nick no. what Adams. What is going on with alpha male Nick Adams? Brett, can you explain it to our audience a little bit? Dude, I don't even know what's going on. First off, before we move on to Nick Adams, let me just say that servant leadership is the exact opposite of what uh, Benny Johnson says. Servant leadership means you're a servant of the people, not that you serve the, the leader. That's exactly. North Korea. That's not what this is. But let's talk about Nick Adams, who Nick Adams is, I guess, does he even live in America, Nick Adams? I guess he is uh, uh, he immigrated here from Australia. Um, he's become like this joke online, and all he says every day is he talks about how masculine he is. He, I'm I'm the most masculine person on the planet. I'm an alpha male. I'm an alpha male. I'm an alpha male. And I I gotta think this is some big joke on the world, right? This is some big parody. Here is Nick Adams. He literally has put now in his Twitter profile, which is at Nick Adams in USA. Now next to his name, it says Nick Adams in parentheses, alpha male. Let me just tell you, like, you know, rich people don't say they're rich, you know, strong people don't say they're strong. Alpha males don't go around calling themselves alpha males. And every single post that this Nick Adam makes, this Nick Adam makes is about masculinity, alpha male, how amazing Trump is to a level that you couldn't even parody. And you'll see, because I did pull some of these, Jordy, because I had a feeling you, you might bring them up. up. But here's like account, one. It feels like a. <laughs> so here's one. one here's an example here. of a Nick Adams tweet. Nick Adams, alpha male. Jordy, read it. 
It says the word quote unquote masculinity did not have any meaning until President Trump was born. I mean, he's he's being serious. Here's another one. I am bold, confident, demanding, highly productive, extremely intelligent and wildly successful. I am an alpha male. All right, Jordy, this is uh, uh, I, I don't even know. Just go. Just read this, please. Donald J. Trump wasn't just good at baseball. He was, the, <laughs> he was the very best in the entire state of New York and would have been the first pick of the MLB draft. Instead of becoming a Hall of Famer like Babe Ruth, like Trump Babe Ruth. his career to be one of the richest <laughs> men to live. I mean, this isn't even... Dude. Oh, it, 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 it's a parody account, but it's just so sad. This guy's brain is so demented. For, again, for, 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 for the record, let's just bring up, though, Trump's actual baseball uh, prowess. For a second, there's the photo of Trump trying to catch a ball, making a, a very extraordinary face. But again, Ben, what do you what what could he even exhausted say? Exhausted majority. I'm going to keep hitting that theme. But exhausted majority, better show up and vote. And you better send this video, this podcast, to all of the rest of the exhausted majority that you know Nick and say Adams, for dude. real. If you don't vote, you're with Nick Adams. That's what I got that's a video what you of the guy too. If you don't vote, you support Nick Adams. Like I'm gonna call <laughs> you Nick Adams for now on if you don't vote. Going back, Jordy, because I like to try to take this back on <laughs> on path as you try to derail me from time to time. Going back to the event in Mesa, Arizona. One of the things that Trump said when he took the stage, too, is he's now claiming, this is what he says, that it's very possible, he says, that the Department of Justice planted documents at Mar-a-Lago about how to build nuclear weapons, which absolutely means there are documents that he stole that were at Mar-a-Lago or are someplace still to be found about how to build nuclear weapons that he was hiding. Here, play this clip of Trump, Brett. The National Archives put a trigger warning on the Constitution of the United States. Did you know that? And the Bill of Rights and other great documents that we have in our country, founding documents, considering them to be dangerous. They consider the Constitution to be dangerous. These are radical left lunatics and they lose documents. They plant documents. Let's see, is there a book on nuclear destruction or the building of a nuclear weapon cheaply? Let's put that box, let's put that book in with Trump. No, they plant documents. I mean, they have a terrible reputation. Look at the kind of things, this is just a small part, what I've read. And who would want to be with them? We're safer in that Chinese restaurant that we just mentioned, to be honest. You brought back up the, the combination Chinese restaurant bowling alley, which definitely exists. Um, I mean, that's just, it's, it's batshit stuff. And when I watch that, you cannot help but go, I just watched a confession. That yeah. is a confession. Correct. And, you know, I know where still like, you know, there hasn't been any indictments yet. We're not at that phase of things. But all of these comments that Donald Trump makes at these rallies will ultimately be used when Donald Trump is charged in a big way. And like, you, you got to assume, you know, I, he doesn't have really any good attorneys at this point, but if they were good attorneys, they'd be ripping their hair out or what's left of it at watching Donald Trump make these statements because he continues to incriminate himself. And also we know Donald Trump, master of projection. It is the one thing that he is very good at. If he is saying, oh, they put these, they must have put these nuclear documents. I mean, you'd know that that also confirms the reporting that there were nuclear documents on him. And now I'm wondering if that is the specific nature of the nuclear documents that he's talking about, which would frankly be horrifying if it's how we make or destroy nuclear weapons. I mean, it's, it's chilling. Honestly. In the same speech, Brett, 
Donald Trump also said that those records were at Mar-a-Lago in the first place, that they're mine, 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 that I should keep these records. They belong to me, that I took a small box of records. So at the same time, he's claiming it's planted. He's also saying that I took the records and that they should be sent back to me. He also falsely claims under the Presidential Records Act that the documents should be returned to him, which is the exact opposite of what the Presidential Records Act says. So he has both of those positions as well that he's saying and that one where he says no i took records at mar-a-lago there was a small amount of boxes that was there and they belong to me and they should be returned was also an important I, I thought confession as well there and then as you talk about what we just said at that rally brett and we now go to christina bob uh christina hmm. bob who by all accounts she stated that she was donald trump's lawyer, right? I mean, she stated that Abraham, that I'm representing him. And people were like, oh, that was just in connection with election related issues. No, 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 no. Specifically, as it relates to the search warrant executed at Mar-a-Lago, I saw it. I heard it with my own eyes. Yeah, don't, don't, don't you, don't you gaslight me here. Do not, <laughs> don't you gaslight me here. In fact, you know, it became such an issue that what, because Trump took no action after the initial search of Mar-a-Lago and Christina Bob kept going on all the shows, the thing that ultimately made Trump make this Hail Mary throw that ultimately ended up sitting with Judge Eileen Cannon was Laura Ingram calling out Christina Bob on the air for not taking actions that Laura Ingram thought the Trump legal team should be taking. That's how you even know even further. Like it, it was directly connected through that Fox News, it, that all, all those hits that she was doing on Fox News. And now we're finding out that Christina Bob has been actually cooperating with the Department of Justice, has been at least answering their questions in regard to the Mar-a-Lago search. And Ben, what's she doing? Well, because she signed a declaration on June 3rd that she gave to the top counterintelligence official at the Department of Justice, stating she gave him the top counterintelligence official a Redwell document that was sealed and said, there are no other records responsive to the Department of Justice's grand jury subpoena, which was issued a month back in May. By the way, did not submit any objections at all. So there was no assertion of executive privilege or attorney-client privilege. As a lawyer, if you were going to make those objections, when you get a subpoena, you don't just give a red weld and then a declaration that says there's no other records uh, unless you don't intend to object. So that was one of the other issues with Judge Eileen Cannon's order that just didn't make any sense at all. It's like you waived your executive privilege objection. You waived attorney-client privilege objections. By the way, none of those apply in the first place, but you got to at least assert it in response to handing over the documents. But she said, based upon what has been told to me, a diligent search was conducted and here are all the remaining records. Nothing exists. And so what we're now learning is that she actually asked for that language to be added based on the language of based upon what was told to me because she was being pressured to sign that declaration by Evan Corcoran, another Trump lawyer. And Evan Corcoran at that point in time as of May and even before then dating back to 2021 was the main contact with the National Archives and the Department of Justice. And so they basically used Christina Bob um, as their pawn to sign this declaration and to state that all of the records were turned over. Um, and one of the things to mention as well, though, Brett, about Christina Bob now saying she's not 
the lawyer, in one of these recent uh, rallies that you went to, I think it was the one in Michigan, but I could be confusing the rallies. She's a host of the rallies now. And one of the things she says as a host, she goes, I was never actually the lawyer in the first place. So what I said to you was, well, then there's no attorney client privilege. I said, watch what the Department of Justice does. They're going to reach out to her right away now, and they're going to get her interview because there's no attorney client privilege. So they held this meeting this past Friday with her. And she said that I was told, I, she, first off, she says, I didn't do a diligent search. She says there was no search that I conducted at all, but that I was told to do it and to sign this declaration by Evan Corcoran without actually looking for it. That's why I wrote based on what was told to me and that I couldn't vouch for the fact that it was a diligent search in the first place. So now it shifts to Evan Corcoran. You got lawyers fighting lawyers. As I've always said, what does MAGA stand for? Make attorneys get attorneys. Corcoran's lawyered up. She's lawyered up. She's pointing the finger at Corcoran. And ultimately, when it comes to Corcoran, who told Corcoran? Whose bidding was Corcoran doing to lie about the records? Ding, ding, ding. The same person who was actually the one who packed up 15 boxes back in January and lied to the Department of National George H.W. Bush. Chinese restaurant slash bowling alley. No, it was Trump who packaged these documents himself and thought that they were just going to go away and they didn't go away. And then they had Christina Bob lie on June 3rd to the top counterintelligence official at the Department of Justice thinking they were going to go away. And then on August 8th, within the first few minutes of the search, boom, they find these classified records which some of those records now appear to be nuclear secrets. Regardless, they are the highest level of top secret classified records. And now what we also know about this investigation is that there was 40 some odd folders marked classified or marked for military eyes that their contents were completely empty and that there are more documents missing, which the Department of Justice has let Trump lawyers know that they believe there's still documents being hidden in places like Trump Tower and Bedminster and other locations. But this was a big story today that Christina Bob turning against, not necessarily turning against, but pointing the finger at another Trump lawyer for making her sign a false declaration. But still, it's like, you're an adult, Christina That's Bob. That's what I was, that's what I was gonna say. Right. At what point you're can you not? Can't you take your own responsibility? Like, are you really able to just get off by saying, oh, like Evan Corcoran made me do it, which is what she's saying. And then Evan Corcoran's going to go, oh, Trump made me do it ultimately. Like, oh, man, could she get this barred for her, I don't know, incompetence here for how she's acted in this case? The short answer is yes. The broader answer is it seems from the article that I read with the way uh, they said sources familiar said that she likely isn't, you know, a criminal target. It seemed like she was the source of right. it. Trying to send a message to Corcoran and others is how I interpret it, or someone from her team. What a healthy world, world of relationships that they've got there. Just to, but this is what MAGA does, and this is what we talk about all the time. They all just blackmail each other. They all try and throw each other under the bus. And I think she felt like she was being thrown under the bus because, well, she was thrown under the bus. And now she didn't want to just go down with the sinking ship. She wanted to take people down with her who were complicit. I think Jordy, that was your point, though, why she said that she wasn't the lawyer, um, even though... You can't just say, I'm not wearing my lawyer hat. So when I do something unethical, I can't lose my law license for it. Like you're always a lawyer, you know, like lawyers who get 
DUIs, lawyers who engage in acts of moral turpitude while not being a lawyer can still lose their legal license for not conducting themselves consistent with the ethical standards of a lawyer. So if that was her intent, the outcome is not going to be what she anticipates, but she's clearly distancing herself from that lawyer role. And one thing to mention as well, we're recording this on Monday. On Tuesday, the Department of Justice brief is due before the Supreme Court in connection with Trump's uh, petition to vacate the 11th Circuit's order. Um, the 11th Circuit's order returned the classified records to the Department of Justice, and Trump is asking the Supreme Court to order the Department of Justice to return those documents back to the special master process. And Trump is arguing that the 11th Circuit had no appellate jurisdiction in the first place. Like he's telling the 11th Circuit, 11th Circuit, you shouldn't have even listened to this case, really. The 11th Circuit doesn't know when they have jurisdiction. You had two Trump appointees, one Obama appointee. You think they don't realize when they could rule on a case, but the petitions before a MAGA extremist, Clarence Thomas, so we'll see what happens we'll there. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. We will see, but I, you know, I think DOJ is going to absolutely eviscerate those arguments in this filing. I'm excited for that to be filed, and I'm excited. You know what they're going to say, Brett? Yeah. I'm going to predict what they're going to say. Let's do it. The issue is a moot issue to begin with, because after the 11th Circuit granted uh, the motion for partial stay returning the classified records, Judge Eileen Cannon modified her underlying order to basically exempt the classified records from the special master's directives. And so whether she did that on purpose or just because she's inexperienced or wh whatever the reason is, I think the issue is ultimately moot because the underlying special master appointment order right now has been amended and changed since the 11th Circuit ruled. And therefore, this whole other issue before the Supreme Court, they're dealing with a mooted order. If Trump wanted to appeal something, I think he'd have to appeal the amended order. Setting aside the fact that they're completely wrong about the 11th Circuit not having appellate jurisdiction, that's, I think, going to be an argument that you're going to see tomorrow. It's very in the weeds, but we like to get a little bit in the weeds here. But getting out of the weeds, Brett, I want you to break down for us this Kanye West ordeal. And I know for you, it's particularly hits in a different way. Tell us why. Yeah, well, f first, I just want to say one other thing about Christina Bob and why she's of great interest to me. And that's because, you know, she was saying that she was involved in the election process. I was involved in the election fraud, the election fraud. Christina Bob was there in the war rooms that they had leading up to January 6th. And so I think she actually is an interesting link from one criminal investigation into Donald Trump into another criminal investigation into Donald Trump, which is the investigation into January 6th. And you could see here in an image that I'm pulling up right now, you see John Eastman, the insurrectionist, who's, um, you see Rudy Giuliani, you see Christina Bob right there in the middle. So she was right in the middle of all this action at the Willard War Room. And so that's why I'm also very curious to see 
what was going on, you know, with with her there and how these investigations kind of tie into one another. Um, Kanye man is really upsetting. And first, I'll, I'll just do two full disclosure that I have been like the world's biggest Kanye West fan since I've been like 14 years old. So it's so incredibly upsetting to me. Not that you have to hear my whole history of loving Kanye West, but like <laughs> legit, but, but my love of Kanye West is not aging well currently. Um, but I literally <laughs> like, like, from, Musk, man, you, you really know how to choose them. Well, from really from the college dropout through his like, not his latest uh, couple albums, but like I would always get every album right away. I'd always listen to it like nonstop. I'd be the first to sign up for when the shoes would drop or the clothes or like you name it. I was there. I was there at Kanye's show at Madison Square Garden when he wasn't playing the big rooms, but he was playing the small rooms. So over the past few years, uh, being a Kanye fan has been quite difficult and I really have not been even able to listen to him like with all the Trump stuff and you could, you know, support whoever you want to support. But at a certain point, you get to a point where you're just being offensive for the sake of being offensive and you're being cruel to other people. And I just cannot support you no matter how much I like your art. And that's where Kanye is for me right now. I mean, his music comes up on my phone. I have to skip it. Um, so Kanye West, you know, there, there was a fashion week last week, um, all these fashion shows. Kanye West debuted his fashion line, which made him the talk of right wing media, which is he made a shirt that said white lives matter on it. That was his whole thing. I mean, he's going to be loud. He's going to gain the attention. Okay. Disgusting. I thought, I thought the whole thing was disgusting. I thought his reasoning didn't make any sense. He tried to say he was being misunderstood, of course, because he had this white lives matter messaging. The whole right wing ecosystem started going crazy. Kanye's he is a genius. This guy, you never noticed like when Kanye was speaking out against uh, the right wing and speaking out against George W. Bush, Kanye was the worst person ever. But now that he is aligning with their racist beliefs and is promoting their white supremacist ideology, all of a sudden he is their number one cannot love him more. And so, you know, he makes the round. He he ends up getting on Tucker Carlson show. Tucker Carlson does like a two night special on Kanye West. And one of the most bizarre, one of the most uncomfortable interviews and interactions that I've ever seen where you could really, you just see how big of a phony you just see how big of a phony Tucker Carlson is throughout this whole process while he's dealing with Kanye. And you see how much he's using Kanye West in this interview. It's honestly, it's disgusting. Honestly, it's taking advantage of somebody. And I'm not saying this to eliminate any of the things that Kanye says, but it's taking advantage of somebody who has clear mental illness and who has expressed his, his struggles with mental illness, in my opinion. And I think a lot of the right-wing ecosystem right now is, is actually involves taking advantage of people with mental illness. So there was that whole saga, right? Okay. So whatever. He says something offensive. You could say offensive things in this country. It's fine. You'll get a lot of hate for it, whatever. Then Kanye goes and doubles down and he starts making a series of just virally anti-Semitic, just overtly anti-Semitic, disgusting comments. He first does it on Instagram. He gets suspended from Instagram. He can't go on there anymore. He starts posting really crude, disgusting posts about Mark Zuckerberg on Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk welcomes Kanye back to Twitter with open arms. He goes, oh, welcome back. Not 24 hours later, Kanye West makes one of the most despicable tweets that I've ever seen. And I've seen a whole host of tweets. This is also, by the way, about 24 to 48 hours after the House GOP from their official account drops this tweet, which says Kanye Elon Trump. 
I mean, that's the official House Judiciary GOP. I mean, look, Brett, we talked about that guy, Nick Adams and Benny Johnson. And the reality is those people are complete clowns. But in their clownishness, if they're posting this, we could all have a chuckle and be like, look, these are fascist clowns. They're horrible. We should also take note of how dangerous they could be. But this isn't Nick Adams. Right. That's not Benny Johnson. That is the House Judiciary Committee GOP. That is the group of people who would be making decisions that impact our judicial system, our democracy, Kanye, Elon, Trump, and they lean in on that because, because Kanye posts a disgusting anti-Semitic statement. Yeah, if you notice the, the people who, and let's let's show the statement uh, first, but the people who came to support uh, Kanye were all these hard right, alt right, like straight up Nazis in the Republican Party, including Paul Gosar, who has attended numerous Nazi events. All of a sudden, Paul, Gos- Paul Gosar, huge Kanye West fan, huge Kanye, uh, huge Kanye fan. But let's pull up Kanye's tweet that that Twitter ended up taking down and uh, suspending Kanye for. Um, it's hard to even read, but I, I will for the sake of the audio listeners. But he goes, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going and this is his misspelling of, of this death. I'm going death con three on Jewish people, all caps. The funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and try and tried to blackball anyone, whoever opposes your agenda, which I assume he means the, the Jewish agenda. I, I, don't, I don't know what he's uh, exactly going for there, but you really don't get any more overt than that. You don't get any more overt when by saying, when I wake up, I'm going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. First of all, I've never went to sleep with thoughts that the next day I'm going to just be, I'm going to go after a religion or a race or, or anybody. You ever go to sleep going, tomorrow, I'm, I'm going DEFCON 3 on the Jews. It's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wild thing to even think, yeah, let alone disgusting. tweet. It's absolutely disgusting and anti-Semitic. And the reactions just have been so unfortunately predictable. First, let me talk about the media reaction, which I think was just abhorrent. And this is why at Midas Touch, we always say, choose your words wisely when you are a media organization, okay? If somebody says something bad, you need to use the right language to call it out. You cannot waver. You cannot equivocate. If somebody says something that's fascist, call it fascist, okay? If somebody says something that's anti-Semitic, Call it anti-Semitic. This should not be difficult. So one of the first comments I saw was of no surprise to me. It was from Fox News, who tweeted out, yay, I like that they call him yay at Fox News, yay, locked out of Twitter due to, and they put quotes around the word, violation of Twitter policies, notably not saying that he said he was going to go, quote, DEFCON 3 on the Jewish people. He just, oh, he violated those woke Twitter policies. That must be it. But perhaps the most upsetting was when you saw the other quote unquote mainstream media start to cover this. And I will let you know upfront that some of these media organizations ended up changing their headlines due to public pressure and outrage. So outrage does in fact work. But I want to show you the first draft of their headlines that they ran with for this very blatantly anti-Semitic statement. So here are four posts. You have the Associated Press, you have the New York Times, you have the Wall Street Journal, 
and you have Reuters. And so Reuters said Kanye West's Twitter, Instagram accounts restricted over alleged anti-Semitic posts. Associated Press, Kanye West, Twitter, and Instagram accounts have been locked because of posts by the rapper that were deemed anti-Semitic. New York Times, Kanye West set off one controversy after another last week. He wore a White Lives Matter shirt at Paris Fashion Week and made remarks on Instagram that were widely criticized as anti-Semitic. Wall Street Journal, the social media platform, removed a purported anti-Semitic tweet. So you see how the media just cowers and how they are so afraid of their own shadow here when you just need to call it out for what it is. This was a blatantly anti-Semitic statement. It was disgusting. And then in case you didn't realize by saying he was going DEFCON 3 on Jewish people, if you didn't realize that was anti-Semitic, he followed it up by saying, well, after all, who do you think invented cancel culture? And the implication of his answer is the Jews is, is the implication there. I mean, that's why we need to call this out. We've seen what this rhetoric leads to in the past. And I think, you know, when I was saying how I, I had this nice short break over the weekend, and then I went back on Twitter and I saw this, but seeing this anti-Semitism that's out there and festering and being repeated by these really influential people with huge megaphones, and then it not really being defended by the people who we rely upon to defend it to prevent that, to protect democracy, to protect our society. It's really disheartening to me. Honestly. And Brett, it's hate speech. The press headline. That, was the, that, that one is shocking to me. We all know the history with Reuters. We know the history with the other publications, but the Associated Press one, that surprised me. Uh, no, Jordi, I, I agree with you. Um, the hate speech there, not though, you know, it's being directed at all groups, right? It's being directed at all minority groups. And one of the things that we're seeing, though, is, is that Republican leadership, MAGA Republican leadership, though, is not just okay with it, but they are filing lawsuits against organizations like Twitter for having moderation policies that would prevent things like that from taking place on the platform. And then you just see statements like from Indiana Attorney General uh, MAGA Republican Todd Rokita, who goes, the constant hypocrisy from the media is at an all-time high. They have now gone after Kanye for his new fashion line, his independent thinking, and for having opposing thinking. thoughts from the norm of Hollywood. Independent thinking, and for having, I mean, come on there. Opposing and I think thought. a lot of the media, look, the media is cowardly to begin with, number one. Um, but number two, um, they are also in a situation where they are intimidated by MAGA Republican attorney generals and people who sue them all the time for not using a word like alleged. And they are so afraid of their own shadows right now in this climate that ironically they've allowed to fester mm -hmm. by not calling it out in the first place. There's now a situation where they've basically allowed these groups to have power over their ability to speak the truth by not calling it out. And if they don't, it's only going to get worse, Brett. But great breakdown of Kanye. Jordy, any comments you want to make there at the it's, end of that about the Kanye situation? That is a great wrap up of it. I mean, it's just really sad to see play out. And look, you could have mental illness, but that's a, that doesn't excuse you from being like clearly anti-Semitic and, and spewing hate. I'm you yeah. ultimately have to differentiate, you know, but between the two. And it's just Really sad to see the Kanye, you know, I just devolvement in all of this. It just shows really though, it, it's kind of all aspects, right? It's it's the Republican Party's 
quick nature to defend anybody who says anything racist and coincidentally anything in the realm of independent thinking oh he's a free thinker that's why you don't like him he's a free thinker oh being a free thinker always tends to mean spouting nazi type rhetoric to to republicans i mean if you realize anytime they say oh you're just being a free thinker that's why they're mad always the case russian propaganda russian propaganda and i think they always about disinformation uh, yes and it's also they, the same line of tracking with uh, I'm just asking questions. It's that it's on that same trajectory of all that nonsense that they always say. Yeah. And, you know, I think they also, unfortunately, I think it's disgusting. And like you said, Jordy, I'm not excusing what Kanye is saying in any way. Having a mental illness does not make you an anti-Semite. That those are two separate distinct things. Let's be clear here. But I do think the Republican Party jumps at the opportunity to take advantage of mm. people with mental illness. And I think that's actually I, I think a lot of the MAGA movement is about that. And I think when you look at even what they're doing in Georgia with Herschel Walker, I think Herschel they're taking advantage of Herschel Walker as well. Once again, doesn't absolve Herschel Walker of all the horrible things that he has done. But I think it's very clear what the Republican Party is doing there. And then you have people, the people in power, who go and start defending that rhetoric and defending that behavior. And they try to deflect by saying, oh, but I support Israel, as if that's the the case in point. And the Indiana AG, when he started getting heat by, and by the way, all those comments were made after Kanye's anti-Semitic remarks, the one that Ben made when the AG of Indiana started making the comment. This is the guy who smeared that doctor uh, who ended up performing the life-saving abortion procedure for that young girl. Um, he, he doubles down with this. My sp- post was specifically and clearly aimed at the hypocrisy of the media and Hollywood elites. I'll tell you right now as a Jewish person that saying it was aimed at the media and the Hollywood elites is just another way that these people go and say the Jewish people that kind of I said, this is another dog whistle to that, not anything to do with his other comments. And then he goes on to say that he has support for the Jewish community and Israel. It reminded me of the, uh, the 30 rock line with, with Jack Donaghy and Liz Lemon. I'm not sure. I'm like the biggest 30 rock fan. So I pulled this cause I had a feeling we'd be speaking about it, but, uh, you have Jack Donaghy who goes to Liz Lemon. Um, you know, he plays a television executive in the show and he goes, the television audience doesn't want your elitist East coast, alternative intellectual left wing and Liz Lemon goes, Jack, just say Jewish. This is taking forever. Uh, it's one of the best jokes and is one of the best jokes in 30 Rock. But that really and and he plays a a stereotypical kind of you know conservative right wing executive in the show. Um, and so I think that sums up what we're seeing here personally. It's just it's really upsetting it's on to all, up to all of us to really continue to speak out uh, about it. Um, because then you have people like in addition to the actual Republican party, like these AGs, these politicians, you then have the influencers who then pick it up also and go like Candace Owens comments. She, she goes, you cannot look at Kanye West comments. Honestly, you cannot look at Kanye West comments. If you're being an honest person here and say that it was in any way whatsoever anti-Semitic and I'll play you just a little bit of her comments. We could talk about it briefly, but then we'll get it, move on from this. That was the tweets. And people subsequently demanded that the tweet be taken down for anti-Semitism. Now, if you are an honest person, you did not think this tweet was anti-Semitic. You did not think that he wrote this tweet because he hates or wants to genocide Jewish people. This does not represent the beginning of the Holocaust. That's if you're an honest person, you'll meet that. You, you will admit that, right? If you're an honest person, when you read this tweet, you had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I had, I had no idea 
when I read this tweet, what the hell he was talking about. This tweet inspired questions, not answers. First and foremost, what is DEFCON 3? Did he mean DEFCON 3, which would be a military defense position, not an offense for those of you that are offended, a military defense. All right, enough. I mean, it's it's, it's, no, it's good. and she she went to the and it inspired questions, just asking questions. What does that mean? It's, it's oh, it's so frustrating. You know, at the same good. time you see that, Jordy, you have uh, states run by MAGA Republican legislators as well, using the government to penalize corporations for pursuing private corporate agendas focused on ESG, which stands for environmental social governance investing. In other words, trying one of the factors companies can consider is not purely short-term profit motive, but being an ESG investor is, can we focus a little bit on, will it help the environment? Will it help social causes? Um, how are we impacting society? And South Carolina just announced that it will be pulling money from a private equity group over its ESG. The state's treasurer plans to withdraw $200 million from that private equity firm by year end, joining states like Louisiana and Utah. Red states have committed to pulling investments to punish the firm over its investment to uh, commitment to environmental investing policy, social policy and other um, governance decisions. And that's what we also see. I mean, that's what they're doing. And uh, we didn't mention there as well, but Texas, it's what DeSantis is doing, trying to punish corporations like Disney. I mean, it's literally using the levers of government. You know, at the same time, and this is where this is related. At the same time, they're saying, we need to let Kanye West sprout racist things and what a great thing. That's what free speech is. Kanye West should go and spread this hate everywhere. We as the government should get involved and punish private businesses for making private business decisions to support the environment, social causes, and make important more equitable governance investing decisions. That's the companies who we want to attack if you are doing business uh, in a Republican legislative uh, or state run by Republican legislators. I want to talk about, though, Brett, one of our partners, Raycon. Lately, I've been Ooh. listening Ooh, to a lot I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks recently, um, and it's been great by listening to it on Raycon. And one reason it's been great is the sound quality on these wireless earbuds from Raycon are incredible. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. Mm. These earbuds are like so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands, which is why I love it as well. It's no wonder Raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Wow. Some of the things that I like, they have this thing called awareness mode. So yes. if I'm running, I can hear my surroundings so I don't get fully enveloped in that audiobook. And then there's an earbud tap function where I could pretty much control everything that's going on just by tapping it while I'm walking or while I'm running. So 
Go to buyraycon.com, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com today and use the code MIDAS15. Why do you ask? Is it 15? Because you'll get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code MIDAS15 at buyraycon.com, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com. And then you go there and then you type in the code MIDAS15, buyraycon.com, code MIDAS15 and get that 15% off your Raycon order. I also want to tell everybody, if you like this independent media you're watching right now and you want to support the growth of this network, we have no outside investors at all. We're powered by democracy and fueled by you. So head to patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. There's different exclusive benefits there, including your name can appear at the end of the Midas Touch podcast Ooh. as an honorary Midas Touch producer. There Ooh. are other exclusive benefits as well. You get postcards from me and my brother's exclusive podcast, other behind-the-scenes features, and more. Brett showing the thank you to our producers right now. For those listening on audio, head to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And also, now's the time to get the best pro-democracy gear before midterms. Head there, get a quick at store.mitistouch.com. We have Row Row Your Vote shirts, Row Vember t-shirts, Convict or Convict 45 shirts, and more. The best pro-democracy gear at store.mitistouch.com. 100% made in the USA and 100% union made. That's why I love store.mitistouch.com. And Brett, on a good news, a new poll from YouGov America is actually showing President Biden's approval rating amongst registered voters at 47%. You want to talk about the exhausted majority? I am happy that we have an adult in a leadership position whose just head is down and is just working and trying to deal with these issues, foreign and domestic are not easy issues. Like coming up with solutions to these problems are challenging and you're going to be criticized for it when you deal as an honest arbiter of difficult problems. That's what solving adult problems is like. Like when you're in a business and when you're trying to solve an issue where you work, do you try to take a moment? Do you try to think through, okay, here's the problem. What can I do to solve this problem and to get the best result for people who rely on the work that I do? Or do you basically go, fake news, fake news. I'm not doing anything. You're an idiot CEO. My coworker's an idiot. Wah, 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 wah. I mean, that literally is what MAGA Republicans do. You, could, you can't act like that the way, the way they act, the way you see that in any other place. Other than being a MAGA Republican or the WWE. Mm-hmm. And, and people think so. One second, Joe. People who support this MAGA Republican movie, like you think that's funny. You think that's a joke. You, you, you're supportive of that. First off, all of the things that the MAGA Republicans support too, 
other than them saying inflammatory things, maybe you just like that they spew hate. They're not helping you. At the end of the day, all they're helping are billionaires. At the, they're not helping workers. They don't care about issues that matter to you. Are you a bill? Uh, the people who were sitting on those folding chairs on that dirt road in Mesa, Arizona, is that a crew of billionaires? I think there's one fake billionaire on stage, and that's Donald Trump, who doesn't release his taxes, who tries to cheat on his taxes, all that. Is this a crowd of billionaires? Because I think that people who are sitting in that crowd care about their health care. I think they care about prescription drug prices. I think they care about their working conditions. I think they care about quality of life. I think they care about those. I think they care and rely on social security and Medicare. Everything that the people standing on stage are taking away from them and trying to distract them by talking about all this loony business and this hateful stuff. It's, that's what's going on. And Ben, we say it all the time in the show, and that was that was very well said, my brother. Uh, but we say it all the time in the show. You know, we don't elect leaders because problems aren't going to arise. No, we elect leaders because inevitably problems will pop up, and we want the most sane, competent folks in that power of position to make the decisions. We don't want <laughs> we don't want them tweeting out policy. We want them gathering with the administration that they've you know assembled and putting the best foot forward for the American people. And that's why I think Biden's approval rating, I mean, if you've been listening to the show, we've been updating you on the approval rating every week, basically, and it's been chipping away. He's going up and up and up in that approval rating. It's great to see at 47%. Yeah, this is definitely the highest that it's been in, in a really long time. And, you know, it, it just goes to show you, and it's why I say so often, the Republicans lie about literally everything because I, I really wish they didn't because I would like to have honest conversations because I'd like to move the country forward in a lot of respects. We have a whole host of problems, but it becomes really hard when uh, you, you're dealing with a party that doesn't accept fundamental truths. They're just trying to create their own reality and then they're feeding it to this base of people who maybe even well-intentioned. I, I, I don't know these people personally. I just see who they support. Um, but they feed these lines about Ukrainian bio labs and how Trump is actually Trump and Putin are the ones who are actually going to free the world of Nazism and they make you know, as dumb lies as, oh, Donald Trump is actually 180 pounds and super fit. And he's <laughs> was going to be with Babe Ruth, but and he was going to be one of the best baseball players of all time. But but he decided to be the richest man on the planet instead. And then you have all these other lies that you just kept being thrown at you every single day. And it's frankly exhausting but we need that exhausted majority to rise up and go above the lies and say listen there is a truth at the end of this there is actual common sense and there's a reason right now why people who had considered themselves republicans a few years ago are leaving that republican party in droves i know you see those polls of the republican party say how strong the republican party support is of maga and trump it's because a lot of those people have actually left who considered themselves republicans in the past they've left you have independents who view republicans as the extremists out there because every single day, that's what Republicans are putting out into the world. And so when you see that Biden's approval rating is, what was it, 47, 45%, 47%? Voters, 47. It's astronomical when you consider the amount of lies and hate and the fact that you have 
about probably 30 to 35% of the country at least who will not even give him the time of day. Even if the guy cured cancer tomorrow, they would somehow find a problem with it because that's how this MAGA operation works. It's lies. It's the other side is the absolute enemy with no redeeming qualities, and they are never willing to even give an inch to the democratic side because they it's all a game to them it's all it's going to hurt their cause and that's you know that's the unfortunate thing about so the right if you want to call it these maga republicans then try to leave their positions in the senate and try to act like they didn't take these like extremist positions and be like no 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 i'm cool now everybody like all of those things i did to like destroy your civil rights i'm going to use that men in black wand right now that, that wasn't me i'm just i'm just trying to work right now and do a whole other job really you've spent a lot of time in the senate and a lot of time in congress trying to uh, sow hate and division, and you've used your platform to harm individuals' lives who may be different from you. And that brings us to the protests that erupted at the University mm -hmm. of Florida as they announced that the Nebraska Republican Senator Ben Sass would be their next president. Well, they claim it isn't fait accompli. They, there's still some decisions to be made, but out of their entire search, which was done in secret, He's the only candidate who's left or that they've identified who could be the uh, the president of the university. He previously held a job of being a president of a university that had about 1,600 students, which was about the size of my high school. Um, and other than that, he spent his time in the Senate giving like really weird and awkward speeches, which is probably his best moments. And then typically that was his high point. And then the rest of it was basically spreading hate and division with his policies. You know, when he tried to do it in this, oh, shucks, uh, you know, whatever. But his policies were vehemently anti-LGBTQ. He criticized and condemned the Obergefell decision. He's been extremely against the right of anyone other than a man and a woman from marrying each other. That's what his view is. And as he uh, went to the campus today to basically finish the tour before they uh, appoint him as president. The students all protested and said, we don't want this individual who's hateful being the president of our campus. Like, you know, we need someone who respects the true diversity of our campus and what makes the campus a special and safe place. None of this stuff. And those protests were actually really, really inspiring to see that. And, and here's the thing. When you're able, Brett, to your point of all of the Republican lies, when you can just put the issues in front of people, right, and you d divorce it from all of the gaslighting, overwhelmingly, the policies and platforms that are supported by the Democratic Party appeal by far to 65, 70% of Americans. And for Republicans to win, they have to lie about what their positions are, number one, and number two, inspire fear. It's the only game that they have. And one of the fortunate things, though, that I've seen recently, though, which is, which is why I'm a little bit emboldened going into these midterms, is Democrats have won 
put forward some great candidates and candidates who call this out. And there's a moment that I want to pull up right now too, bringing this episode full circle to the debate between Tim Ryan and J.D. Vance, where Tim Ryan pointed out this moment in Youngstown, Ohio, during the Trump rally, where Trump said, J.D. Vance, I make that guy kiss my ass and do whatever the hell I want. And J.D. Vance was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Isn't this so great, everybody? And and what Tim Ryan said is, really, Ohio? That's the person you want? Knock out, freaking punch. Play the clip right now. Like just a few weeks ago in, in Youngstown, on the stage, uh, Donald Trump said to J.D. Vance, all you do is kiss my ass to get my support. He said that. That's bad because that means J.D. Vance is going to do whatever he wants. Mitch McConnell's given him $40 million. He's going to do what he wants. And Peter Thiel gave him a $15 million. He's going to do what he wants. And here's the thing that's most troubling about this lack of courage is that after Trump took J.D. Vance's dignity from him on the stage in Youngstown. J.D. Vance got back up on stage and said, start shaking his hand, take a picture, saying, hey, aren't we having a great time here tonight? I don't know anybody I grew up with, I don't know anybody I went to high school with that would allow somebody to take their dignity like that and then get back up on stage. We need leaders who have courage to take on their own party. And I've proven that. And he was called an ass kisser by the former president. <laughs> that's great that's fun this is my first time seeing that no that was that was an epic knockout punch right there by ryan I mean, and it's true it's true the guy got up on stage with donald trump at a fascist QAnon rally where they play QAnon theme music and raise their hands towards trump and talk about how horrible of a country the united states of america is all these rallies by the way are about how horrible the United States is. They're MAGA hate rallies against the United States. Yep. Not a good word is ever said about the country. And then he gets up there for his two minutes that he comes up to speak. And what happens? Trump mocks and belittles him, J.D. Vance, and says, this guy used to hate me, but now he kisses my ass as if that's a reason for Ohioans to vote for him. I mean, give me a break. Like we Kim Jong-un, he says, too. He's like, he's kind of reminds me of Kim Jong-un, the way they try to kiss my ass now. And they all love me and try to kiss my ass. Jordy, you were from Ohio, now from Pennsylvania. Is that, is that? That's, that's, that's not Ohio, man. That's not Ohio. I like, I think we should call J.D. Vance, ass, kicker, uh, ass kisser Vance for now on. I think that's his new name. <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> I believe that moment happened on stage. And I credit Ryan for bringing that up in the debate, man. That is that is an A-plus moment from him. That I'm excited for him. Ohio, Ohio knows better. Ohio, you know better. You know Tim Ryan's the guy, not the shady Vance quack. And, and the thing that Tim Ryan said also is, and he goes, I, I am my own thinker. And there's going to be times where I agree. With the Democratic Party, there are going to be times when I disagree with the party. And, and frankly, in his campaign, there have been times where I disagree with Tim Ryan's approach to his disagreements with the Democratic Party. But ultimately, where we fundamentally agree is the importance of our democracy. You see, as Tim Ryan said in a recent ad, he was even saying, like, when it comes to a marriage... He's like, we're lucky if me and That's my wife idea. agree 70% of the times. That's a home run day. And when it comes to politicians, we don't have to agree 
with everybody 100% of the time. In fact, I disagree with Democrats on some issues. I agree with them on a lot of issues, more issues I agree with them on than I don't agree with them on. But overall, I, I, you know, I'm trying to think through the issues on my own. But the Democrats are the only party right now that handles situations like adults. The Democrats are the only party who I feel remind me of, okay, well, this is, we're having a serious discussion on an issue. It could be a tough issue for us to deal with, but we're not trying to have this circus and just inject all of these irrelevant, hateful, just horrible things into into a discussion. You know, you, you could have you could have conversations. Should student loan forgiveness been 10,000? Should it have been 20,000? Should it have been a complete student loan forgiveness? Should it have been 5,000? When which group should have done should have gotten it? Should it have been less than 125,000, less than 50,000? All questions, right? But at least we're trying to fundamentally address an issue of a real problematic student loan situation that is actually preventing people and serving as a bottleneck from individuals becoming productive workers in this country, right? Like we're trying to solve the problem ultimately. Same thing. We're talking about, you know, prescription drug prices. Let's lower the prices. How do we go about lowering the prices. Let's figure out which drug should we lower the prices to? What should the premiums be? Should we cap the premiums of Medicare at this amount? Should it be this amount? Can we cap those premiums overall with the Affordable uh, Care Act? How do we make Obamacare better for people? How do we how do we improve that? What are the Republicans? Repeal it. Repeal it. Take away everyone's health care. Repeal it. We don't want the government being involved. What do you mean you don't want the government involved? You, you accept the benefits. What are you talking about? You're a recipient of those benefits. You rely on them. What, do you even realize what programs you're utilizing right now? Do you have? But we're trying to solve. There's a beaten infrastructure. There's a broken infrastructure. What do we do? How do we deal with the infrastructure situation? Where do we put our investments? How do we invest the right way, right? Immigration. How do we address systemic issues? A wall? Really? You put up a wall? What are we in the medieval ages? It doesn't even do what you want it to do. You didn't complete it. A wall isn't going to do anything. People can dig under the wall. They could climb under the wall. The very essence of it is a stupid is a stupid solution to the problem if you really want to solve the problem. We have technology right now to address it, but also we need to figure out a way to do this in a way that is dignified. And we need to recognize what corporations are saying as well. Right There's a reason that when the Fifth Circuit tries to declare DACA unconstitutional, America's leading corporations, I think the Republicans care about that. No, they don't. But Google and Apple, they all line up and say, we rely on foreign brain drain. We rely on the best minds being attracted to the United States of America, working as productive members of our company. We need that. We need a thriving workforce. And what are the Republicans, the great replacement theory? They're just trying to take your culture. They're trying to take your jobs. They're not addressing these issues seriously. They're addressing it from racist, hateful, fear-mongering perspectives. And Democrats are trying to, okay, let's solve this problem. These are tough issues. Let's grapple with it. Let's debate it. I got this wrong. Let me try to make that better. How do we tweak it? 
That's what we need in our government. That is what we need. That's what Tim Ryan is. That's why I could disagree with Tim Ryan and things go, well, that's, that's where I agree with you. Let's build together. That is the biggest difference. That's why I'm a Democrat. And as I told you and Jordy and all of the listeners and viewers, I'm not a Democrat because I love the donkey logo. I'm not a Democrat because I think it's just really cool or there's a cult leader that I like or that I think Biden drives that Corvette and I'm like, oh, what an alpha in that Corvette. No, that's not why I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat because <laughs> I try to find people who are adults when it comes to leadership and try to solve problems from a perspective of actual problem solving and who have a heart and compassion for other human beings, period. That is why I am a Democrat. Well said. It's it's funny, Ben, because when I was at, uh, I, I've been to a bunch of weddings over the summer where I've seen old friends from high school and things. And on a couple of occasions, you know, everyone's always, you know, uh, big Midas touch fans. Like, you know, they think it's so cool what we built here, this community that we built. But I often get asked, I, I often get told, I didn't even think you were political. Uh, I, I, I didn't even know you're into politics. And I always go, that's the thing. I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, I like, I've never been like, like, so the people who know me best and know me the longest, they're surprised because they're like, you were never a political person. I know, I know I'm not. That's why I think that I could come here as an arbiter of just truth because I came here as an outsider because politics, as we say, came to us. Politics came to us and politics threatened our lives as, you know, we probably took too long to get into the game. I sat listening to podcasts, you know, like I'm sure many people are sitting listening to our podcast going, I wish I could do something. I wish I could get involved. I wish there was some way for me to get involved. Should I text? Should I phone bank? Should I knock on doors? I don't know what to do. Am, am I social enough to do those things? <laughs> you know, am I too awkward to go out there and, and be having these conversations people. I don't know. Um, but ultimately, the scourge of fascism coming to our shores, COVID coming to our shores, and having Donald Trump, a maniac, lie about it, and seeing all these Republicans continuously lie and gaslight us about all these issues, big and small, it forced our hand here. It forced us to come into the game. So we're going to do what we're going to do on our end. I hope that you're going to do what you're going to do on your end. We have now less than 30 days, less than 29 days, something like that Crazy. until election day. And this election will have reverberating effects, not only for the next couple of years, but for generations. And this will have a major impact also on 2024. And if those elections, you know, get accepted, if we have the right people, if we, you know, if we put in these election deniers into secretary of state races, which I hope you are paying attention to, that would be a massive problem. So check your ballots up and down the ballot, secretary of state, judgeships, local school board election, whatever's on your ballot. You need to make sure that you are voting, make sure that you do the research and get it done because we are now relying on you, as Tim Ryan says, calls it the exhausted majority to rise up and shut up this small but loud minority of folks who sit in lawn chairs on dirt patches at Donald Trump rallies and raise their arm in allegiance to him. You are the ones who could stop it. You are exhausted, but... Don't get tired. <laughs> Don't get tired. Get 
energized. Want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Raycon. Everyone check out buyraycon.com. Use the code MIDAS15 for 15% off your Raycon order. And now would be the time also if you subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel. Great. If not, hit the subscribe button right now. And if you're watching this on YouTube, head over wherever you get your audio podcast and search for Midas Touch. And make sure you also subscribe to Midas Touch on the audio podcast. You know what? Play it a little bit too. Maybe take a walk. Maybe get those Raycons and listen to it or whatever you got. You like that. But listen to it as well. It helps with the algorithm. Helps keep us as one of the top 50 podcasts in the country for news. So make sure you subscribe there. Leave a five-star review as well. And I want to say this. I love the Midas Mighty community. And so no matter what, the best way you can help is just by spreading these videos, sharing, retweeting, reposting, talking to your family about it. This is where you put these videos and these podcasts into action because the Midas community is not just a passive community of people who watch these videos, shut it off, and then close our eyes to the reality. Now is when we get activated and we need you to go out there, share this video, spread these messages, talk to your family members. If you also want to get involved though in helping to grow this network more, one of the ways you can do that is by heading to Patreon dot com slash Midas touch. Go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas touch. There are a number of exclusive benefit packages there with behind the scenes footage. You can become an honorary producer of this Midas touch podcast. Um, additional, you can get postcards for me and my brothers and more, but most importantly, you'll help grow this podcast. And for those listening, Brett has just put up the thank you to our honorary producers. We can see the honorary producers there who joined that honorary producer tier. If you want to see your name on there, we would so appreciate it. Head to patreon.com slash Midas Touch. And also for the best pro-democracy gear, check out store.midastouch.com, store.midastouch.com. We've got the Convict or Convict 45. We got some great, Jordy, we still have the Midas Touch caps. We still we got, got the Midas hats. Touch caps, man. Those are selling out like wildfire. You got to wear the Midas gear. You got to wear Midas Touch gear. Come on. What are you doing? Go to store.midastouch.com, whether you get one of those tees with the great messages or the sweatshirts with the great messages or just sport that Midas Touch hat let the world know that you are a member of the Midas Mighty. So great spending this time with you. So great that I didn't even realize that we did this for 90 minutes. <laughs> it's a long show. A long show. A long, I think I could have gone for another hour and 30 minutes, but I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Midas touch is nothing without you, the Midas Mighty, period full stop. This is not some network that's sterile, that just is, oh, it's a corporate network. You're looking at it. You got me and my two younger brothers, and we're powered and fueled by you and democracy. That is the secret sauce of this. And we rely on you to spread these messages and to spread the word about these pro-democracy issues and this pro-democracy community. Jordy, I got criticized because on the last legal IF, I think I, I saw that. Saw that. that. You, you saw that. that. Why? How did you forget? Mm-hmm. You can never forget that. I just want to say this was a great episode. And as always, shout out to the Midas Mighty. Can't forget that. 
At Midas Touch, we are unapologetically pro-democracy, and we demand justice and accountability. That's why we're spreading our message to Convict 45. That's right, gear up right now with your Convict 45 tees and pins at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com.